0: Coming up on this episode, it's the second part of our baking extravaganza. Last week, we challenged each other to make a certain French baked good. And tonight, we're going to reveal the results and explain our experiences. Plus, if there's time left, we may touch into the upcoming Winter Movie Draft. It's a big episode, and it's going to start right now.
1: And another film, I've been wondering
0: This is Up for Debate, episode number 159, recorded October 3rd, 2019, The Great Debate Bake Off. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Up for Debate, the debate podcast where the two hosts agree on everything. I am Sean Jennings, joined as always by our own pastry chef, Mr. Matt Mariani. Hello, Matt. Hello, Sean. How are you today? I am sugared up and ready to go.
1: Yes. Nice. This is a... All baking all the time podcast.
0: Apparently. We should just, we should just,
1: we'll just call ourselves that. We're just the... Uh, up for to Up for to bake. Up for... Uh, I like it. Up for to bake. Yep. Uh, I'm trying to think of something about like a souffle. You know, like a souffle rises. It's like up. Uh, like a
0: up I don't know. Have you ever tried to make a souffle, Sean? No, I don't even know how you make one. Oh man! It doesn't sound fun. I don't think I've ever eaten a souffle. Uh, no, I can
1: I can safely say that I have not.
0: No, it doesn't sound appealing.
1: Um, it does not. But you know what else is not appealing
0: at all? The things we baked for tonight. Ugh, making macaroon. <laughs> Oh, oh man. Matt. So for folks who didn't listen to last week's episode, and I highly recommend you do, episode 158, Matt and I, we talked about baking and all different techniques and different baked goods. But at the end of the episode, we challenged one another to make the same baked goods. We wanted to make it a challenge. So we decided to make the French macaron. Uh, and I think we need to share our experiences. Matt, do you want to go first or should I?
1: I'm, I'm going to jump into it. Please, I've been, Matt. How did it go? I've been waiting to vent about <laughs> how hard these things were to make. So let me, uh, let me begin by saying that I had a vision (sighs) before I went into this of somehow not, not saying that I was going to make the best looking macaroons in the whole world. Um, but I, I thought when I, when I was preparing, when I was getting the ingredients, when I was putting it all together, I thought I was going to make competent, at least competent macaroons. We could call our podcast that competent, competent macaroons. I I, I kind of like the the ring that has, but um, I I wouldn't say that I uh, yeah they, I didn't think they were going to come out to be the best looking macaroons or the 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 best. Sean, do you want to know what my my final my final macaroons ended up looking like?
0: You know, Matt, I'm going to play against the type here, and I'm going to say they came out looking picture perfect. Cause I believe in you, Matt. I believe in you. So, well, actually,
1: let me let me let me start by I'll go through the process. Yes, and then please we'll, start we'll from work the beginning, our way and we'll get we'll get there uh, over over time. Let's go through the process. Um, I I did my research. I did my homework. I used a recipe from preppykitchen.com. That was the recipe that I followed. Uh, I watched the. They also have a YouTube video like a 10 or 11 minute YouTube video of, of tips and tricks while you're making macaroons. Um, the, uh, you know, the, 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 the preppy kitchen way. So I watched the video. I had it on as I was making the macaroons as well. I read through the recipe. I did everything. Um, they, uh, I, I guess you could say that the ship started going in the wrong direction. They suggested, I don't know if you did this, but they suggested Withdrawing the egg white two days in advance, letting it sit in the refrigerator for two days in advance. No, no, I definitely kitchen didn't thing. say that. I did not do that because I thought that was this preppy kitchen being too little too precious. So, no. um, I did not do that. Uh, so I, I that was maybe the for my first regret. They said that it dehydrates the egg, the egg yolks just a, or the egg whites just a little bit, just enough. So you get to the consistency that you want. Um, things were going pretty well at the start. Um, I had my egg yolk separated from my egg whites. I had the almond flour going. I had the um, buttercream in the, in the process of being made. It all went downhill. And I never really fully recovered oh, now. When... Instead of, I think instead of choosing to use a piping bag, uh-huh. I did not. I I actually saw that I was at Bed Bath and Beyond. I chose not to buy the piping bag. I could have bought it. It was about five bucks. I did not. I said I don't need that. I've got store brand plastic bags at home. That you know Ziploc bags that I can just I can just ch- I cut a corner in one. And tried to use that as a makeshift piping bag.
0: That actually should work.
1: It wasn't. It actually wasn't the fault of the. I'm just. That was yeah. just a little a little hack that I did. It wasn't the fault of the piping bag. What was the problem was is that the batter I was using for the cookies was extremely fluid. I think. Oh I over- no. I think I overbeat the batter. Or not. Which. It is a, it were a rookie mistake. I think. I think I overbeat the batter, and it was very, very fluid. So when I cut the corner of the bag, it all just <laughs> splatted. It all splatted right out onto my baking sheet, and it was like it was just a that was a disaster. Now I made two batches. That was the batch number two uh-huh. where this this mess, this gloopy mess, was going on. Batch number one was good, and and the sh- the shapes came out fine, but they lacked. Um, they lacked any. T- the, uh, uh, I don't think I put enough sugar. The, the, to be fair, the recipe did not really make it clear how, exactly how much sugar to add. It was very much like add one third of the sugar and keep oh, stirring. Oh, I add hate when they do that. One third of the sugar and keep stirring. Like it was, it was just hard. I thought it was a little hard to follow. Maybe, maybe a different recipe would be an easier time. Sean, do you do you want to know how this all turned out? Where I where these where these macaroons ended up? Right. That's I've been waiting weeks for this. So I threw the gloopy mess of of half the macaroons and the hardened non sugary other half of the macaroons into the oven uh-huh. to bake while I prepared the buttercream. I, I the buttercream is still a mystery to me, Sean. It's still a mystery to me. I don't know how I screwed it up.
0: It has but like two, three ingredients, depending on how you make it, it. It was again. I
1: I really feel like it was the recipes here that was very confusing. Um, I added an. I don't know. I don't know how much. I don't want to say how much butter I added. I want. I want you to say how much butter you added first, and let me see if if well, mine was in the ballpark. It range. depends
0: on how much quantity you made. Um, I can tell you from my recipe, um, which if I were a competent host, I would have had in front of me already, but instead I'm stalling while I open it. Um, I did, uh, half a cup, one, one full stick of butter, um, and three quarter cups of powdered sugar. It's just butter and sugar, essentially. Sean, that is exactly what I did. I
1: added one full, um, stick of butter. Uh, I added sugar. I don't know how it, 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 it was a very wet – it was like a very wet consistency that that buttercream yeah. should never be.
0: Yeah, no. Mine was loose. And it wasn't wet, but it was loose. It was set. loose. It was loose. Um, did you add the food coloring to your buttercream? No. I added food coloring to the mac- macaron itself. It's so in the macarons. Okay. That might have been my mistake. I added a lot of food <laughs> coloring to the buttercream
1: <laughs> and the macarons. But I added, a, like, but a lot why? more the butter. I think that's probably why it became really wet and loose. Yes. Um, I thought that was what I was supposed to do. No. Um, I I also have to say, and I want to give a big shout-out to the uh, Reddit community. The subreddit – there's a, a whole subreddit for macaroons, Sean. Yeah. Our macaroons. It's, it's actually <laughs> – it's a, it's a neat place. I ended up subscribing to them. So there was a positive thing that came from this experience. But ultimately, at the end of the day, these macaroons went into the oven and they barely made it out alive. They went straight to the trash, Sean. And uh, that was my, the end of my macaroon adventure.
0: So you, so it's a DNF, a do not, did not finish?
1: So here's why. Here's why. I didn't even apply the buttercream because it, the buttercream was too wet. Uh huh. Batch number two of the macaroons were so flat. And un- it looked like a job and I tried to I tried desperately desperately to separate the 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 flat wet macaroon batter into things resembling cookies well, shapes wait, wait, resembling wait, the cookies wait wait wait
0: how did did you like pour the whole sheet full of batter and bake it? Well, that's that. Uh, remember, I said yes. When I cut okay. Oh, I back, assumed you had like cleaned it up and redone it. it. No, no, you just baked it as a big chunk and I, hoped well, to I cut very, cookies. I very
1: much tried to separate it, but it was it was so oh my god! It was so wet, like liquidy, that it just kept it just kept conforming back into itself. So I thought, you know what? I'll put it into the oven, and when it comes out, then I'll separate well, it. Well, at
0: but, that point, you don't have a choice.
1: Yeah. At that point, it had stuck to the parchment paper, and I couldn't do really anything with it. So. They and the other half still tasted like flavorless garbage, so I just threw them out. And I, and if I had more time, I probably would have would have tried again. But uh, I was I was out of time, and ingredients. I had, I had used up all of my almond flour, and mm. I'll be damned if I'm going to Wegman's again to buy another ten dollar sack of almond flour. No. Uh. The. Also, I I know I know. Last week we talked about I was gonna have a um it was going to like document the whole thing using yes, pictures and, and things right. like that and i made space on my phone specifically for it i did take two pictures okay but um everything just was happening so fast as soon as i <laughs> as soon as i cut the the um as soon as i cut the bag and the the batter just spilled right out it was just a it was just i was playing catch up at that point i was playing a uh, playing from behind and it was it was hard it was a hard thing to do um so i didn't really do a good job documenting this whole thing but i will say i will continue with the baking adventures this has this has not this has not deterred you deterred me this has not caused me to give up on my baking dreams my baking goals um i have i already have a project in mind for the next baking
0: adventure great i'd like to make homemade bagels from scratch i would like to see you make homemade bagels from scratch so
1: you know what i will i will revive the um the dream and i will try to document that process and
0: and maybe throw it up on the insta
1: or something and uh
0: yeah i think what we're gonna do for the next baking challenge is we're i'm gonna get a gopro and strap it to your forehead oh that would be because we don't want to miss a moment of this that would be interesting
1: um i i think the the strongest advantage or the strongest the strongest strategy I could say going into baking is you need your mise en place. You need to have everything ready to go uh, beforehand. Yeah. That's everything measured, everything laid out. That makes things like a ton easier. It could, this could have been a, great, a greater, big, a larger disaster if it hadn't been for that. Um, I will say my biggest mistake at the end I think was overbeating, overmixing. I think I overmixed the batter of the cookie, and that's what made it so smooth. And well, well
0: let me and, ask you a question uh, about that. Loopy, because um, essentially, when you make a macaron, um, you it, it's a the French. We made them the French way. There is a different an Italian way to make them, but the French way it's a it's a meringue base is essentially what you're doing. That's when you're whipping up the egg whites. All right. Were your egg whites stiff when you finished whipping them, or were they, like, watery? So the
1: the recipe said that I I had to whip them until they achieved a foamy consistency. That was the word they used, foamy. Mm. Sean, tell me what the hell that means.
0: What would you describe as foamy? I don't think that's a fair way to describe it, because what what I would think is you just blend it until it's got little bubbles at the top. That's foam. It's foamy. That's how I interpreted it, and And that's that's what... what I
1: thought I was doing.
0: And that's why it was too wet. That part of it. I think you did two... And I'm just guessing. I'm not an expert. I think you did two things wrong. And that's one. Is you have to whisk at least my handheld beater. I had to do like five or six minutes on those eggs to get them stiff enough um, to hold the consistency. The other thing is, after you made the batter, either in the bowl or on the tray, did you let it sit? Or did it go right from the bowl to the thing to the oven? It did not sit. It went right into the bag. So the recipe I chose... Um, said to let it sit for forty-five minutes, and what I found was I made two batches of cookies because um, I only have one sheet. The first batch, uh, the cookies came out a little bit flat, but because the batter had been sitting, by the time the second batch came out, they had a little more height to them. So I think that's the other thing that might have gone wrong: is it needed time to set, um, which you didn't okay. didn't have. That,
1: yeah, that's that that actually was not uh, to my to my my recollection was not mentioned in the recipe that I used at all. Um, I think I was following the recipe I was following, I believe was, it 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 was worded and structured, I think in a way that was meant for expert bakers. Like, yeah, here's like, you You already know know. how to make macaroons. You've made them before, but here's like a best practices kind of thing. Oh yeah. Um, rather than here's just, you're, you're a bake, a baking novice. You're a baking noob. Here's how to, how to make this really complicated thing from scratch, which is what I needed. So, um. You know, live and learn. Yeah, uh, and I, you know I I maybe I'll be maybe I'll make macarons in the future. Um, it, it, baking is is a science and an art, and it's all about learning from uh, your mistakes and and moving forward. So,
0: well, it's about finding what you're good at too. I mean, some people are good at pie, some people are good at cakes, some people are good at muffins. Maybe you're good at bagels. Who knows? Uh, maybe yeah. maybe macarons just aren't your thing.
1: Yeah, um, I didn't really feel like everybody that I mentioned baking macarons to they're always like super like oh wow like that's a really hard like complicated thing i think it's just there's just a lot of steps it's just it's a many it's a multi-stepped and multi-skilled recipe like for example what you said letting the letting the batter set like you just have to know that that's what you do uh whipping the eggs until they achieve a foamy consistency you have to know you have to really be able to look for that and identify that foaminess to it so um
0: yeah, the the steps weren't hard themselves. It was doing them exactly right that was a challenge. And and I agree with that. This is a detail-oriented recipe. Yes.
1: Yes. They macarons are a very demanding cookie. Yes. They are. Uh they they want they want your full attention and your full uh like yeah, like constant attention, I feel like. And uh maybe maybe next time it'll come out uh they'll come out the way I want them but um I, I did see uh that your macarons they they looked pretty competent you didn't show me a full picture you you kind of sense you kind of like Yeah cuz I didn't want to reveal the results out the full the full reveal there but they Matt, looked they looked like they were pretty Matt, good Matt, would
0: you like to hear my story?
1: Yeah, let's see let's hear your okay. story.
0: So this story Macaron begins story. Where, so I used a recipe from uh delish.com called easy french macarons uh and it was easy uh, this journey began where all good journeys began at Bed Bath & Beyond. Uh, I had to pick up, I splurged for the piping bag. Um, I also picked up a sifter because one of the, like, tips on the recipe said you have to sift the powdered sugar and almond flour to eliminate clumps before putting it in. I also picked up a silicone spatula because I thought it looked fun and I wanted one. Now, I came in and I started to make the recipe and I do have a little photo journal I'm going to share. People should check out the video version here because I did, uh, I did check it out. I had I had two little helpers cuz I'm babysitting my mother's dog this week, so I had the cat and the dog helping me out there. Um and so I went ahead and I started uh I started baking and then I realized I didn't have enough powdered sugar, so I had to go to the supermarket and get some powdered sugar. I had to go to the Geisler's and get some powdered sugar and there's a photo of the powdered sugar in my car. I felt like an idiot. I hate when that happens. Um, step one was the uh, was the sifting. And I got to tell you, Matt, uh, it sucked. This photo isn't right, but um, it took forever. So this was where I got lazy and gave up, is I said, screw it, I'm not sifting all this. So I just dumped it in. Um, yep. I, didn't, I didn't sift my flour. I, I admit it. I totally unnecessary. It. See, mm-hmm. here I am. That this was is- one of those
1: steps that I, I felt like it was a little too precious. I was like, this is not... It, this is not necessary. This is well, just and like gonna a, a, a very, You're going to blend it. You're going
0: to blend it so much anyway. I don't know what what's the problem.
1: Exactly. Like a like a precocious chef would would, would be sifting their flour and their sugar. I was just like I'll just dump them in, mix and them and up. And truthfully,
0: I, I don't think it made a difference. Yeah. Um, here I am whipping up those egg whites, getting them mm-hmm. nice and foamy. Um, oh, you, so
1: you used a hand mixer. Okay. Did
0: you do it by hand? No. Oh. I, oh. I used the KitchenAid.
1: Oh, you have a KitchenAid. Okay. Yes, I I, I do not so have a I, KitchenAid. I, uh, that, that might've led to the overmixing cause I was, I was able to let it just keep going. Uh, a while, a
0: while fair time. enough. Fair enough. Uh, this was my, my pink batter,
1: mm, nice. my
0: pink cookie batter with my silicone spatula and everything up to, up to that point went well. Um, there's my, uh, cookie sheet with all of the nice round macaroons on it spread out by, uh, by the piping bag. They had a good consistency to them. Um, here I – well, no, I'm not going to show you those, but I am going to show you. So this was the cookies coming out of the oven, and that was my second batch, and I was very happy about that because um, they actually call that – see that little uh, sort of crumbly bit at the bottom of the cookie? That sort of right. ring around it? That's called the feet, the feet of the macaron. The feet. Yes, um, I learned that. I learned that from the subreddit. And that's what yeah. you're looking for in the cookie. Um all in all, I actually didn't. I genuinely would say I didn't have any major problems. I mentioned the first batch came out a little bit flat. Um, I don't think I I needed another minute on them in the oven, and also, um, like I said, I think the batter needed to sit longer. That was the big difference. Um, the piping bag really came in handy. Um, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else notable about the experience. It really wasn't. Um, all I can say is that. Let me grab a good one off my plate here. There is my mm. macaroon. Look at is. that. We'll get that up real close on that camera. Is a, that
1: is a really good looking macaroon. It's competent. For, especially for
0: a first attempt. Yeah. It's, it's competent. I mean, here I, would I can... say
1: so. Give it a little try. Mm. Yeah. How did it come out?
0: There you go. There's the, kind of inside. You can see it. It's got the crispy outer shell. It's soft in the middle. The buttercream is very sweet. Um... I honestly think they taste nice. Now, I do have to confess something, Matt. Uh-oh. I've never actually you bought eaten... those macaroons. <laughs> yes, oh. I went to France and <laughs> bought them. No, I've never actually eaten a real macaroon, like from a bakery. I have no idea how they're supposed to taste. Okay.
1: So. I, the only macaroons I've bought. I've, I have I, have had macaroons like once, I think. But they weren't made by an official baker. Mm. It, they were like kind of like the store-bought kind. And, and they weren't very good. So I've now I've never had a true, um, bakery macaroon either. So, but that looks good. Now I wanted to point out a a, a really pro move that I saw mm-hmm. that you had in your video there. I noticed that you um, when you were baking, you, um, I don't know if there's a name for it. You you used some of the cookie batter to make like a weight on your, oh yeah on the corners of your baking sheet. Is that something you learned? You like, did your recipe say to do that? Or is that just from co- baking prior baking experiences?
0: I don't usually bake with parchment paper. Um, and so it actually did say here, um, in the, in the recipe itself to, um, to do that. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, my, my recipe said that to, to do that as well. I would have if, if my, uh, piping bag hadn't exploded all over my my baking sheet <laughs> i think also doing that now you used a, tr- a proper piping bag yes for your for your macaroons which is how they got the the shape and consistency that was desirable it's very
0: hard to well as you said i mean you bake the whole sheet but to get those round cookies you can't really do it with a spoon you do need a piping bag right. to get them around i
1: think i think i just i may have just mismeasured the cut I think I cut too much of the piping bag. I think you're really just supposed to get the little, like you're supposed to nick the corner a little bit. And well, I cut like I cut like a good like two, three centimeters in, just like basically the whole side corner yeah. of the bag. Yeah,
0: yeah, um, but I don't think even with any size, I think that loose batter would it was, have really. It was, you're right. Yeah, it was extremely. Because you can't loose control and... it if it's flowing too fast. No, that was and that really was the problem. Was the
1: now, now my my, my recipe said that the the batter should have the consistency of lava?
0: Yes, mine's so that what, as well. What does that
1: mean? What is the consistency of lava?
0: Um, It's thick to the point where, not so thick you hold up a spoon and it stays on the spoon, but just a little looser than that. So it like, it slowly falls off the spoon. Okay. If like, I, it be, yeah. like if you've ever done, like mine was the consistency of like, have you ever seen like a sand scrub, like at a bath and body works or something like that and it's like yes. a thick gritty goo of oh, okay that okay. was what so, mine was like
1: yeah that mine definitely did not hit that like if you put it on an incline, it, was way it would barely
0: that. move but it would move
1: mine was mine was very loose it was uh
0: yeah i think it's i think it's those egg whites to be honest with you that and letting it set
1: um yeah i think the the egg whites i i firmly believe are what did me in and it was it was just over overbeating them over them um
0: i will say that if anyone out there is listening for baking advice uh please don't uh because we don't have any but <laughs> i will say for the for the five bucks or whatever investing in a piping bag is not if you if you plan to continue to bake i think it's a good investment i'll just show you this this is a birthday cake i made for my grandmother the other week um and i was able to pipe out her name and little stars and a little ring around the cake because i had the piping bag. Hmm. So oh,
1: this is very nice.
0: Uh, so I, I, you know, a piping bag really does. If you plan to continue to bake, it really it's worth a little bit of investment um, to uh, to do that.
1: Yeah. Now, did you did you opt for the uh, reusable piping uh, bags, or you, did you get like the?
0: You know, it's very funny you mentioned that. I hmm. splurged, like I'm terrible for doing, and got the OXO Good Grips reusable silicone piping bag thing but the thing is i'm kind of like iffy on it uh shut up alexa um now it's, does alexa, it, does it's alexa like, think it, you would need to buy another piping bag yeah she's literally reading off like here all the product would you like to buy <laughs> what a, what a world we live in Ugh, gross um i will say i think they're easier to use you have a lot more control than just a bag because of the way they're put together but they are awful to clean they are a pain to clean because almost none of it's dishwasher safe, and so and then it like sticks in all the nooks and crannies and frostings and stuff are greasy and they're it, it, they pipe nice but they're a pain to clean. I would at least try the disposable ones and then if you think you're going to use them a lot or have or would prefer something with more control, then get the uh, don't go right to the reusable ones. Is my advice.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I I need to I need to show myself that. I will bake more often well, in order to invest in a legitimate piping bag. Right now, it's on my it's on my Christmas list. I've, I put it on the on the list, um, like a a, a, re, a um a reusable piping bag because I I do think that that's a better route for uh, financially. It's also a better it's better for the environment. And uh, but I but I really need to in order before I like truly desire one. I need to I need to bake more. Right. I need to like. Get in the kitchen and, and start doing it more often, because then then it'll be I'll be like okay this is worthwhile this is something that I'll actually use rather than something else that'll just sit in my pantry or something, yep uh, or in a kitchen drawer. Um, but yeah that's that's that was our macaroon experience yours. I, I guess if we had to pick a winner of that challenge, <laughs> I mean I well, think this did would not, really not even be close. I'm yet. a winner
0: by default. I would it say. Would be, yeah, I, yeah, it
1: would. It would. I. I'd say I finished. I finished the mac. I was done I mean, you, with those macros. You did it. I did. I did both of the things. I just didn't make a. Fi- I didn't stick the landing right. at all.
0: Hey, I. I give you a lot of effort for trying. It's not an easy thing to do. I could have messed it up at plenty of stages, and frankly, they're not amazing. And they're just complete on my side. On on a one to ten scale, I would probably rate them a. Six or a seven, not knowing what an actual macaron is supposed to taste like. So, yeah, it's kind of it's it's
1: a hard um
0: that's a hard thing to measure if we're if if, I mean, well, ideally, we'd have a third party person that would. uh Well, I will say I able
1: to determine this for us.
0: I'm pretty sure if you like had never heard of a macaroon in your life and you like just came upon my plate of them and just ate one, you'd probably be like, hey, that's pretty good. That's okay. Because what you're you're uh, comparing it to this fine French baked good that's been around since the 16th century. You know, I mean it's got it's got quite a legacy to compare to. If mine's just like some baked good I just made up, and it, yeah, it's sweet and it's cook cookie and it's you know it tastes good.
1: See, there is a downside here to being a macaroon expert. Like if if say you're you developed you developed your macaroon. Talent, and really went out there and and started cranking out the best macaroons in town. And you, you gave them to your coworkers, mm-hmm. you gave them to your neighbors, you'd become the macaroon guy. I and would. they would be like, "Sean, why don't you bake some uh, bake macaroons for the Christmas party? Sean, why don't you bake some macaroons for the uh, cookout?" I would actually and, be okay with
0: I, that.
1: I would not want to. I would not want to be the macaroon guy. It, no, it's, it's. I think it's just way too tedious and uh, expensive, really. Like the almond, almond flour, you can't even use regular flour. You have to go out and buy a special kind of flour. These are a very, a very high maintenance cookie.
0: Yeah. I've got all this cream of tartar. I'm not using. <laughs> yes, what yes, am I going to do with all that? Tartar.
1: I didn't even, I still don't even know what that was. I was hoping to look it up on the show. Oh, I, cause d- I'm, I'm, d- I'm sure a lot of people out there have no – I have no idea what Do this is. Do you want to know what it is? I, I had to go and
0: buy it. Because um, I, I can tell you what it is.
1: It's some kind of chemical thing.
0: It's a dry, powdery, acidic byproduct yeah. of fermenting grapes into wine. It's potassium by
1: that sounds like a made up word. You what potassium you do you add it what, you add
0: it when you're beating egg whites to speed up the creation of foam and help stabilize the structure of the minuscule air bubbles you're whipping up. Like for meringue pie, meringue cookie, angel food cake. Snickerdoodle so cookies. So this is really it's really just for
1: making producing a meringue, really.
0: Well anytime that is you're essentially whipping egg you're whites.
1: Uh, so you got a lot of potassium hydrogen tartrate.
0: Mm, sounds good
1: well okay now we know what that is we know mm, what the cream mm, of tartar mm. is i love it um yeah when, as soon as I, I i'll i'll cop to it here as soon as i saw cream of tartar in the recipe uh i imagined i would i thought i really thought I was something i was going to find in the um the dairy aisle i went there and i looked for it didn't like have tartar it. sauce no is, is like it-
0: like cre- it was oh, cream cream that, of
1: yeah because it was cream of tartar I was like okay that's that's probably a like a cream um so I asked the person at Wegmans where the cream of tartar was and, and he led me to the spices aisle and I was very shocked at that so
0: yeah it's a misleading name uh
1: I was very um I was very confused but conveniently enough it was right across the aisle from the almond flour uh, another Ingredient that had I not used all of it on this recipe, I would probably just ditch because why would I need almond flour again in the near future?
0: So well, now I'm going to look up what other recipes you can use almond
1: flour for. Well, I would guess it would probably be pretty good in muffins. Like if you're making like almond, really anything that is almond flavor. Well, it says like, here,
0: almond flavor, almond flour is a popular alternative to traditional wheat flour because it's low in carb, packed with nutrients, and has a slightly sweeter taste.
1: I don't so, believe that. Well, I don't
0: believe. I mean, it. it's gluten free. Okay. How could it be? How could it you be can lower simply, in
1: carb? Um, almonds. I don't know. Eh, I guess. I guess it could. I. I could see your point. You know, it's like I keep thinking milk. it's just like flour with added almond material, but it's it's like flour that's literally made from almonds. Yeah, so it, yeah it says here
0: in most baking recipes, you can simply replace regular wheat flour with almond flour.
1: Oh, so okay. So next time I make chocolate chip cookies, I want to throw in almond flour, but. The problem is that it's 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 more expensive than
0: well I know flour, healthy things like usually are more expensive than bad for you things be warned th- that that's always true yeah. it does say because almond flour lacks gluten baked products made with it are denser and flatter than those made with wheat products so keep that in mind
1: ain't that the truth
0: um well man yeah. that's our, that uh, our that's our baking challenge I think we got to do more of challenge. these.
1: I agree. I had I did have fun despite the the end result wasn't the best. Ba- and you know what? I um silver lining when I was done with the macaroons I, I want I needed to prove that I could bake something, so I whipped up chocolate chip cookies really hey. fast. They came out great. They were tasty and uh, I don't regret that part. Um I don't really regret anything in the challenge. No, I, I not I, really, I think it was, it was quite easy to identify where it had gone wrong. I think the buttercream was screwed up. Now, now in retrospect, I think it was the food coloring uh, that did me in. I don't think I was supposed to add food coloring to the buttercream, and I added a lot of it. <laughs> and, um, of course, the uh, the piping bag incident and overwhipping those eggs. Yeah. yeah, well, you learn.
0: You learn, and I will say, Matt, I'm never making macaroons again because I don't care for them, and they're a pain to make. So I can say I did it, <laughs> and that is that. Yeah, that's that. But I think for that's our next, end of that I think our next baking challenge, we need to find something that can be made end to end in an hour. And then you and I live stream ourselves while do the show while baking.
1: I think that sounds like a plan.
0: I think that would be fun. And then we, we, we have the, it's happening in real time and then we have the live results, but we'll see. We'll get to that. Okay. Uh, before we do that though, Matt, we've uh, obviously got some time left in this episode. And the exciting thing is next week's episode is going to be the winter movie draft. If you can believe it, we've got another draft coming up. It will be our 7th, I believe. That we've done seven Are we really, league? We're really at number 7? I There's truly seven believe movies? so. Yes. If you can if you oh. can believe it. Um we just wrapped up the summer. We've got 30 new movies we're going to be auctioning off to our 6th Uh, returning teams. Matt, where would you like to begin? I don't, I mean, you can go online and see who won. Actually, do you want to see, do you want, do you want to do it like a pre-reveal of this year's trophy? Sure. I won't uh, won't show you the name.
1: It's like the Lombardi trophy. Yeah. Here
0: we go. This is the trophy. There we go. Where can I put it? And it's in the camera. There we go. Look at that.
1: Oh, wow. This beautiful gold
0: trophy is going to the winning team. Already engraved, ready to go. Um, It's made of solid plastic (laughs) and real high quality. It's dusty. Um, And so this will be given out on Sunday. I'm very excited, Matt. To our winners, first time winners in the league. Hint. That's right. Um, But before we get to that, Matt, I would like to take this opportunity with you to preview the 30 movies we'll be auctioning off and we'll give some of our early thoughts as our teams work out their strategies and the folks at home get excited for what's coming later this week. How does that sound to you? Okay. I'll try my best here, but you're going to do great. We'll, we'll go through all 30 here. Now we only have about 30 minutes, so we probably won't talk about every one of these movies, but feel free to stop me at any time when you have questions or we want to discuss the first movie on our list coming out October 4th is Joker, um, with Joaquin Phoenix, um, from the DC comics. Now,
1: Sean, I have to ask a logistics question here.
0: Yeah, Um, please. If if Joker
1: is coming out tomorrow, yes, and the draft is on Sunday, uh huh, um, what, like we'll already what know gives? how much it's done. We'll like know the, how it's how it's doing in the box office and stuff. So isn't is that like what's the what's the deal with that? What's the deal with that? Yeah, yeah. Like, what? How? I mean,
0: I, I guess. It's just a little little bit different. I don't know if this is something that we've done before. This is something we've done several times before, Um, and it's a matter of calculators because we were supposed to have the draft this past weekend, and then we moved the date. Um, My theory on this is, right, everybody knows how – because the opening weekend numbers were – the first week numbers will already be out, right? Right. Anyone on the any of our teams can Google it. It's public information. You, I, it's not like one of you knows that box office and the rest of you don't. You know what you know, buy it or don't. You know what I'm saying? It's okay. I I don't really see a problem with that. Yeah,
1: I guess, I guess you're right there. I guess it's, it's just that you're, I mean, you, you make these bids on movies. Like I'm saying, all of the net, the net money that it has earned already. Yeah, I guess I guess that makes it's not it's not the final count. It's not like
0: you're just no. betting to get all this but, money. But then again, just, you you should be able growing. you should be able to guess where a lot of these movies are going and like I say if you I, I'll just come right out and say it, um right now they're projecting a a record opening weekend for the month of October for Joker about 85 million dollars, which is pretty solid. Now, some teams are going to disagree. How much farther over 85 does it go? Does it go to 100? Does it go to 150, 200? What are the legs on it? What does that mean for what you're going to bid on it? It's the first movie. Are you going to spend all your money on the first movie? I still think there's a lot of opportunity there, even though we know what the opening weekend's going to be.
1: Yeah. All right. So that's um, the Joker starring, or just Joker, Joker, starring uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Joker. Phoenix, yes. Um. Have are do you, are I guess I'm going to ask this for a lot of the movies. Uh-huh. Uh, are are you are you planning on going
0: to see Joker? Matt, I haven't I didn't see any of our summer league movies. Um and no, I don't plan on seeing Joker. Not at all. It it it's on track. It's interesting that
1: it's a it's a DC movie, but it's on track to almost kind of make like Marvel like money. Is that a fair is that a fair assessment?
0: Um, you know, the interesting thing is that is how the DC movies perform in general. Because you've got Wonder Woman at the top 412 million, you've got Shazam at the bottom 140. Okay? Justice League 229. Will it do Shazam numbers probably in that 140 range? Is it going to hit 200? I don't think so, and the only reason is because um I, don't th- I think everyone who wants to see it's going to see it on the opening weekend. And I think that's why it's going to... And then how many people are going to see it in week three and week four?
1: Right. Especially when it's competing with... Um, oh, I guess it's not really... It's competing no, with... No, it's uh, really
0: not. I mean, that audience... Nobody. Maybe like Zombieland, Double Tap is sort of that same uh, you know, he- heavy male audience. Terminator, Dark Fate. Uh, yeah, at the first week of November. So if people are actually going to see that. Yeah, you know, you're in your fourth week at that point. So, no, I, I mean, I could see it doing 120, 140, I think is probably about where it's it's going to land. But it also could, you know, headwards words of, of 160. It won't hit 200 is my guess. Um, So, yeah, you'll have the opportunity to pick that one up.
1: So we've got. The, the Adams Joe, got Family Joker starting it
0: out. Adams Family is the next one, the Addams Family. Yes, based on the TV show, based on the movie, based on the TV show, based on the movie. Um uh, it's animated. Uh it's got Oscar Isaac, Charlize Theron, Chloe Moritz. Uh, Snoop Dogg does a voice in it. Um maybe the dog, I don't know. Um and yeah, CGI animated film. Okay. I don't know if I don't know if people still care about the Addams Family anymore.
1: Yeah, that's the issue that I'm, I'm kind of seeing in it. It's,
0: it's, I don't even really know if it qualifies as nostalgia. No, I would think anyone watching this has probably never heard of them. It's, it's, yeah,
1: it's, it's kind of past that realm of nostalgia. And now it's just really, it's just old. And, uh, I, I, I guess this is an attempt to, to try to make the Adams family like relevant again and. Maybe they'll get a spin-off TV show, who knows um it's a it's a family type movie. I always thought the Adams family was kind of weird I mean I guess that's the point right? This is weird kooky stuff, but uh if I'm gonna take a family that thinks that it's Halloween all the time, I'll take the Munsters any day so okay
0: you're a Munster's guy
1: <laughs> uh, I'm definitely in the in the Munsters camp I always just I felt that the Adams family was they were just over the top with the, the whole, uh, the whole sadism stuff, mm-hmm. like hurting themselves and hurting others. It was like, it was too, it was like the three stooges, but in, in a way where you just want to tell them, like, get some help, like go like, see it, see, see somebody, see somebody for about this. Uh, but I like the monsters cause the monsters were, it was just like, they, they just acted like a normal family. They just happened to be a Frankenstein and a, and a uh, ghost and a vampire and stuff. Uh, and I think the kid was a werewolf, right? The yes boy, yeah. Yep,
0: yeah. No, I mean, I, hey, look. I, I honestly, they made the Abs Family movie. It was a nineteen ninety one live action, and it was pretty good. I, I don't, I don't know what this is for. The other weird thing about this one is it's animated by a studio no one's ever heard of. You know, it's not like it's Illumination or. Um, blue sky or a- any of the animation uh, companies that we're familiar with. Um, this is, I think their first sort of end to end CGI film. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see. I don't really expect big things from it. I mean, it's a kid's movie, right? Coming out. You know, we, we always underrate the, the attractiveness of kids movies. And I think around this time, there's nothing else for kids. So don't, don't dismiss it just yet. Would be my Maybe advice.
1: Maybe. Do you think it would benefit more from like a pre-Halloween release, like a closer to Halloween release? It's coming out on the 11th. Maybe mm. if they pushed it back a week.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know how much difference it would make because it isn't. It is Halloween, but at the same time, it's not. You know. Yeah. And I, I think it's close enough. Um, okay. The, the idea is that they're they're putting it out on Columbus Day weekend. The three-day weekend. Oh, okay. Right, right. And, um, and I think that kids are out of school, and I think that's the, uh, the target.
1: That's the push. Okay.
0: Um, I just
1: don't know how many kids see the commercials and are like, wow, I, I want to go see the Adams." Family. Oh,
0: I don't think it's that. I think it's parents need something to do with their kids over a three-day weekend. We'll take them to the theaters. I don't know what's playing. Uh, just Adams Family. Mm. Okay. What are we going to do? Take them see Joker? Take them, take them apple picking. Take,
1: Apple picking is that a, a much movie? better alternative.
0: Apple picking, the movie.
1: <laughs> now that's that's definitely next from the studio that brought you Playmobile the movie, <laughs> which is also on our list.
0: Well, another great movie you could take the kids to is Gemini Man, starring Will Smith, coming out uh, that same weekend, directed by the great Ang Lee. Um, it is Will Smith fighting Will Smith. Jerry Bruckheimer's a producer. Um, this is a this is a big action film a- angley's return um since uh what was his last one life of Pi, back in 2012 that's right was it really that was his last that was his last major he did like a minor movie uh between now and then but that was his last major
1: last major motion picture
0: i mean he really's only ever done one two three four five major pictures Um, okay,
1: that's interesting. Yeah. I I um, I did know that. I think uh, I think this one looks good for for action action flick action audience. I think it'll scratch that itch. Um, it's got some sci-fi elements to it as oh, well. Oh, for sure. So, that's Gemini Man. Yeah, my, uh, only, who, my... Is there are there any are there any other big stars besides Will Smith?
0: uh in Gemini man well it's Will Smith twice you actually get two of them um right. Clive it's, it's, Owen I guess is also in it I mean it's a it's Will Smith
1: it's Will Put Smith it and like computer generated young Will Smith right
0: right and yeah. a bunch of other actors who aren't Will Smith mm. I mean this is his vehicle the, the question for me on this is if you look at Will Smith's last couple original IP action films um collateral beauty did 31 million focus did 53 million um you know you can i don't even know how far back you want to go but i don't see this cracking 100 you know this will be a small movie but this isn't going to be a gangbuster breakout film See, this will play. This is one of those movies that'll play better three years from now on on demand when everyone realizes how good it is. That is that is 100%. That is actually um, what
1: I was going to say. I was going to say, in a world without Netflix or um, like instant movie watching platforms, this would have done like 90s. I think this would do this would do gangbusters.
0: I think it's going to end up being like um, Tom Cruise, live, die, repeat. Um, mm. although the movie had a different, they bounced between two names, that and Edge of Something, um, that everyone ignored in theaters, and then like a year later everyone's like, whoa, what's this incredible Tom Cruise movie we've never heard about? And it's, I think it'll be the same way. Okay. Um, next after that, uh, we have Jexy, um, starring uh, the, um, the dude from... The dude from Workaholics, Adam Devine, uh, a bunch of other comedians are in it. The sort of plot of it is that an AI life coach called Jexy on his phone um, helps him, helps uh, Adam Devine's character get a new life, um, but it becomes a tech nightmare determined to keep Phil all to Jexy's self, even if it means ruining his chances of finding success. Basically, his phone falls in love with him uh, and refuses to let him go. So sort of like Um, a comedic her- yeah, her was the first one that I uh that was that was where my
1: mind went first. Yes, was her. Yes. So that that movie was was interesting. I didn't see it um but I don't know, what do you think about this one?
0: I mean, it's directed by the guys who did The Hangover, Bad Moms, um you know, all of those sorts of funny movies. I You know, the issue is they've done Office Christmas Party, if you remember that one. Um I I the question is does it break out or not? I mean there's so many of these sort of PG-13 comedies these days that I just don't know if this one is interesting or star-powered enough to break out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, um I
1: I don't really expect much from from this. It's, it's, maybe it's just, it's not really my kind of movie, but, uh, it's, it's interesting. It's a, it's a, it's quite a, is Jexy the name of the AI? Yes. His name is Jexy. Yes. You know what AI I really liked? Um, you ever see the movie Flubber? Yes, but I don't remember anything about it. Starring the, the one starring Robin Williams. Is there a
0: different Flubber not starring Robin there Williams? There actually is. Oh, yeah, that's confusing.
1: A, The, um, the, there's a movie from the, I want to say the sixties. I don't even know if it was called Flubber. I think it was the, um, the absent-minded professor, but the Mm. material he, he invents in the movie is Flubber. Flubber. So I, I, I can't confirm that right now, but anyway, um, the, uh, the, the little robot in Flubber. Uh, we weebo I think is its name oh okay it's that was a really cool AI and it was similar like I think it it had a little crush on on Robin Williams character that was one of my favorite movies as a kid and and not I feel like it didn't get enough uh appreciation um but that was that was uh probably my my favorite AI and of course Rosie the robot from the Jetsons. Mm, yes, very well done oh and the computer. Plankton's
0: Computer from Spongebob. Oh, that's a fun one. Got to give a shout-out to oh. Karen. Who knows? Jexy may soon be in that list. Mm. Um, we've got a couple more movies coming out the following weekend. We've got two sequels, uh, starting with Maleficent, colon, Mistress of Evil. Angelina Jolie is back, and this time it's personal. Uh, the next in the series of Disney live-action reimaginings. Um... Interesting movie. The first one came out five years ago, made 241 million at the, uh, at the box office.
1: Sean, I think this one, this one may be worth a look. It may be worth a look. Certainly not at the top of anyone's list, but, um, this is an interesting one. I would be interested in, in picking this up. If I, depending on, I'm not going to reveal my strategy on the show, but if I were to take the strategy of a bunch of medium-sized movies or yeah.
0: um, mid-range movies, I, this would be one I would look at, seriously. It's a good one to surround a big movie with, right? If you have a big right. movie and two like this, you've got a good shot because you need those surroundings. I'll kind of give you a good range here, Matt, of where I think this movie is going to land, right? First Maleficent, 241. Dumbo... Earlier in the year, 114. I think it's going to fall somewhere in there. Now, that's a $100 million range, but I think it'll do better than Dumbo and worse than the original. So, in that sort of 180, 200 zone, I think is possible, but it's really hard to tell with these Disney live action ones because you look at just this summer, right? Dumbo 114, Aladdin 355, Lion King 540. Um, Sort of the, the, the. worst in this series of of live actions reimagining um that was recently released was Alice through the looking glass did seventy seven million i i don't know i think it tops a hundred um and i think it's a solid pickup at that sort of ten to twelve dollar range in the draft hmm uh yeah i i think
1: it could be a bargain though i still think it could be a bargain a bargain get
0: I, I don't disagree. It's it's going to be interesting to see. My concern is it's been five years since the last one.
1: My prediction is that it'll be it'll be overlooked. It'll do fine in the box office, but I think it'll be overlooked as a whole in our draft. That's my, my oh, prediction going in.
0: I think that's totally fair. I mean, this is the fourth live-action Disney movie this year, you know? Um, so I, I think you're right. I think you could get it for a pretty good price. Yeah. Um also coming out that weekend, Zombieland to double tap. The gang is back. Woody Harrelson, Emma Stone, Jesse Eisenberg, Abigail Breslin, return to uh the Zombieland franchise. The first Zombieland movie came out ten years ago, grossed 75 million, uh, which is about 90 adjusted for inflation. Um Matt, no idea why they're making this. Uh I think I I, I... I will defend Zombieland. I think
1: it had great cult success. It, it's a good one. movie.
0: I've got no problem with that.
1: So also, Adam Driver is hot right now. Popular. Adam Driver he's is not in great. this movie. No. Adam Driver is not in this movie. You're what thinking movie of Jesse thinking
0: Eisenberg.
1: No. What movie? There's a with Bill Murray. It's a zombie movie. Adam yeah. Driver is in it.
0: Yeah, that's what you're thinking. Adam of. Adam Driver is not in this movie. No, he's not in this movie.
1: He wasn't in the original movie. Now you got me Googling Adam Driver
0: Star Wars or Adam
1: Driver. uh, Yeah, don't search Adam
0: Driver Star Wars. That's (laughs) something else. Zombie movie. Yeah, you're mistaken.
1: The Dead Don't Die. That's the name of the movie I'm I'm thinking of. of.
0: I think you made that up.
1: The Dead Don't Die came out in 2019. So that that movie is already out. It did terrible. Got Mm -hmm. a... uh, I got a 56 on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, we've so. seen worse. Yeah. All right. That was the movie I was thinking of. I thought that movie was this movie. Whoop. All right. So, nope. Zombieland. Um, yeah. Not really necessary. I think they're banking on the uh, cult success of the original.
0: Yeah. And just throw it at the wall. You know, it's one of those movies that if you can make it for a low enough budget, then it makes a modern moderate amount at the box office and you walk away with a profit. I mean, to me, this is a 50, $60 million movie. I wouldn't pick it up in the draft, but someone has to. So again, if you can get it for the right price. Yeah. Um, Continuing on here, uh, we skip a couple weekends, go all the way to November 1st, where we are looking at the latest in the Terminator franchise, Terminator, Dark Face, Fate, Dark Fate. Mm-hmm. Linda Hamilton returns to the franchise, um, as well as James Cameron as producer. Arnold Schwarzenegger is in this one as well. Uh, you may remember the last movie in the Terminator series, Terminator Genesis, uh, which was released four years ago, made $89 million at the box office. Oh, This
1: is... Will they ever stop making Terminator movies? That's the question. Nope. Will it ever? Will we ever see a day where the Terminator franchise is finally put to rest?
0: And do you want to know why they are going to keep making them? Terminator Genesis was made on a budget of about 155 million.
1: Yeah. It see, made that, that's 89 the million I was going to say. Mm-hmm.
0: in the U.S. It made 350 million global.
1: Oh. It's so
0: a, they made a ton of money on it.
1: Yeah. It, and, and as as compute as CGI just improves, it's it's just easier and easier to make a movie like this.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So predictions for Terminator Dark Fate? I think Genesis killed the franchise, and I just think there's no one is gonna care. Yeah. Uh, this is a sub hundred million dollar, one hundred million dollar movie. I agree. I, I mean people definitely. people will see it, but it's gonna be in that. I could see as low as forty on this. I'd be shocked if it topped a hundred.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I think you're. I think you're spot on with that prediction with um, Genesis killing the franchise. Oh, for sure. I totally oh, for agree sure. With
0: that. Um. All right. Next up, get- Doctor Sleep, November eighth. Uh, it is a uh, Stephen King. Mm. Based on the uh, 2013 novel by Stephen King, it's a sequel to *The Shining*, uh, set several decades after the events of *The Shining*.s um, It stars Rebecca Ferguson and a bunch of other people I've never heard of. Who are all these people? I don't know. <laughs> um,
1: now, Sean, I um, have you read I actually, this?
0: I, yeah,
1: I did. I ah. didn't you know that. How did you know that was what I was going to say? Matt, we're on the same wavelength here. Damn, yeah. It's like you read my mind there. That was uh-huh. a little scary yeah. in your head. I did, I read this. I I read, um I read Doctor Sleep and The Shining back to back. it was a it was a very good book. I mean, it's Stephen King. It's it's very hard to I think it's very hard to dislike his writing style
0: mm-hmm.
1: and his stories. Um this was I thought one of his better works uh, in a long time. And it uh yeah no this was a this was a good it was a good read uh, i'm interested to see how it'll play out as a book i mean as a movie uh, the movie how the movie version will play out um it looks like they're incorporating a lot of the scenes and imagery from the shining and there wasn't really that much in, i mean well so the it's not really a um a spoiler as a matter of fact it says it right in the wikipedia description it's it's the the main character of dr sleep is dan torrance it's the the boy little boy from Mm. the shining he's all grown up now and um he is basically messed up royally from from the events that happened in the shining uh he's turned to alcohol uh and the book deals with most of the book is dealing with his alcoholism and um I think the alcoholism is really the more of the villain in the book bu- in the book than the uh, ethereal monsters like these. Va- there are these vampire creatures that um, t- try to like eat your your sh- what's called the shine uh, of innocent people. And that that's what makes them become immortal. If you read if you read The Shining, you would know like the shine is like this uh, ESP type gift that v- certain very certain people have. Uh, and, um, but really it's, it's really about him battling his alcoholism, which is why I think it's, it would be an, it's going to be an interesting movie to watch. So, um, yeah, I don't know how much they're going to really, uh, cover that aspect of it in the, in the film, but Ewan McGregor plays Danny Torrance. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Ewan McGregor is the star. Rebecca Ferguson is Rose the hat. You never heard of Rebecca Ferguson. These are very known people.
0: I don't think so. Who is this Ewan Mc, McGregor? <laughs> um, no, again, Matt, I, that all may be true, but the only thing we care about here in the movie league is how much money it's going to make. Um, and fortunately, I, I... We're all about the money, aren't we? I don't know about this one. This one could be a surprise. I, I'm going to peg this one up for a surprise, and here's why. Um, there's It's the only sort of horror thriller coming out near Halloween. I know this is after Halloween, um, but it's the only one for weeks before and after. So if you're going to, if you kind of want your sort of horror thriller fix, you're going to get down cat. Jesus. <laughs> he wants to eat the macaroons and the cat can't have any macaroons. <laughs> um, he's after my macaroons. Damn cat. It sounds like a commercial for macaroons. It does. You know, like the tricks rabbit, the lucky Silly charm. cat macaroons <laughs> aren't for you. Yeah. Um, and I think Stephen King has historically not done well at the box office. Other than it and it chapter two, his box office numbers are not great. Hmm. Um, so, oh, Stephen King. yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, he he, it, had he's had a few, but... six, the Green Mile, the sh- the original, The Shining, Carrie, Misery. And then it sort of just falls off a cliff. Um, so, I have no idea what to predict on this one.
1: It's hard to predict because so many of those, those movies that you mentioned, they don't even really follow the source material. I guess the shining is probably the best example of that. Uh, it, uh, they they usually take very strong liberties with his work. So it will be very hard to hard to predict. But
0: I, I for me it all comes down to the marketing, right? Do they sell this as a sequel to The Shining? Or do they sell this as a scary movie from the mind of Stephen King? Those are very different movies for very different people, depending on how you sell it.
1: Yeah, I I would err on the on the latter that I would I, hope. I don't I don't think they really can At this point in time, I think The Shining, while it is a legendary horror film, I don't think it really resonates the same way with the modern audience as it once did.
0: No one cares. Yeah. Simply put. I think. Anyway. Um, All right. Next up, we've really got to start chugging through these. Charlie's Angels. We're rebooting it again. This time to written written and directed by Elizabeth Banks- um, your three Charlie's Angels: Kristen Stewart, Naomi Scott, and Elizabeth Banks. Um, now, the previous Charlie's Angels films—I'm going to try and see. Uh, the The other reboot came out in 2000, 125 million at the time. They also did Charlie's Angels Full Throttle, which also did about 100 million at the time.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I don't know where to begin with this one.
0: I mean, I think if it, I think if it looks, the question is, how fun does it look? I think if it looks like a real serious, like, action film, I don't think it has much appeal. I think if they bring some humor into it, and I think Elizabeth Banks writing, directing will do that. Uh, eh, you know, I, I would be a little optimistic on it.
1: Yeah, I, especially in today's, um today's world today's culture this seems like a very uh, a ve- very much of a de- desired desirable movie for uh, a lot of people out there
0: I think this is an easy like hey it. let's so, go to the movie this weekend what do you want to see uh, I don't know we can all enjoy Charlie's Angels you know yeah
1: yeah it's it's this is definitely a uh, definitely a, a crowd pleaser movie yep um, so I, I think I think it'll do pretty well I'm going to go on the side of buy. I would. I would. Uh, I, it, this this fits up there with uh, for me for um for my money a lot with her, with Maleficent. Yeah. Like I, if, I, if I got some extra cash cash left over at this point in the draft, which I, I definitely will. The only problem is that it's early, and there are a lot of good movies. There are like in a this lot draft. of other movies that I would rather. Yes, exactly. I'd rather yeah. invest in. So I think it, I think. Personally, as a as a as a coach in this league, I would this one would probably get overlooked. But if it were later in the draft and I had cash to spend, I'd throw it at Charlie's Angels. Sure.
0: Um, Also coming out that weekend, Ford versus Ferrari uh, starring Matt Damon and Christian Bale um, following uh, the determined team of American engineers designing the Ford GT40 for the 1966 24 hours of Le Mans race in France. Um, early positive reviews from critics, uh, really dynamically shot racing sequences, strong performance from the two key actors. Um, my question becomes, uh, right now on Rotten Tomatoes, 89%. My question is, uh, does anyone care? I mean, we, I think so. We live in the age of the franchise. And I just think like, I what, think... what pull does this movie have for folks? Unless you like racing, which is a, a narrow portion of the audience. Uh, I, it's,
1: it's, this, this looks like a movie that would have opened in select theaters.
0: Yes. It's an, yeah. it's an Oscar type movie, right? Yes.
1: This is like a niche type film. Yep. That, at least that's what the storyline and the, um, that's what the plot kind of indicates to me is like, it screams like niche movie. and And it's, and
0: it's not even. You know, biographical movies are always questionable, but it's not like this is a famous story everyone knows. You know, this is like obscure. So it's not even like, oh, I want to see how they do the movie of that thing we all know about. It's <laughs> like, no, I don't know who these people are or what's going on.
1: Yeah, this is a story that is never told. And, <laughs> right. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I bet it was it was probably based on. A book, like a book that was written and and totally forgotten about.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure.
1: Um, yeah, I don't really, I don't really know how many people are going to go see this. I, I, thought maybe the star power, the star power would carry it, but this is very much an Oscar movie. And if you look back to on, um, the Green Book, uh, King's Speech, other like move, they uh, are very specifically crafted to be Oscar movies. Yeah. Uh, Shape of Water and what have you.
0: Yeah, very few of those make a lot of money.
1: Right. Because they're so. not for movies. I mean, they're not for money. They're for awards. So, Yep. Yeah. Um, yep.
0: Up next, uh, we're going to skip ahead to the weekend, uh, to Thanksgiving weekend, when a lot of big movies come out. We've got two of them, starting with A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, uh, the biography of uh, Mr. Rogers as portrayed by Tom Hanks, Thomas Hanks. Um, what? F- Three time Oscar winner? Four time Oscar winner?
1: Sean, I thought that this movie—I really thought this movie
0: had come out three times already. <laughs> you know what's funny is you're right. It's like a movie that's been talked about for a while. Maybe that's it.
1: I, I this is a movie I really thought had been had like been out at least three times. Um, I don't know how Tom Hanks is going to pull off Mister Rogers. I. This is a very weird casting to me. Well, have you seen the trailer? He doesn't look like like Mr. Rogers. I don't think he sounds like Mr. Rogers. Well, but hang
0: on, though, because to be fair, he does not look like Walt Disney and played Walt Disney. It's never stopped him before.
1: He, he was Yeah, and he was terrible as Walt Disney. He was not Walt Disney. Like, But that movie wasn't about him as Walt Disney. But that's it was the about great, Mary Poppins. But
0: that's the great thing about Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks could be like, yeah, I'm going to be Martin Luther King Jr. in a movie. And we'd all be like, he's okay, just gonna, Tom Hanks. He's just
1: going to fill – yeah, he's a, he's a fill-in. And it's very it's very clear yeah. that he's Tom Hanks just in this movie. But this movie is all about him as Mr. Rogers. So I don't know how he's going to pull it off. Um, Why didn't they get Terry Bradshaw to be – Mr. Rogers.
0: Where did you pull that name from? (laughs) Of all the names you could have said, I would have been a million dollars. You would not have said Terry Bradshaw. He was really the first one that came to mind. Literally
1: the first one that came to mind. I've never thought about
0: Terry Bradshaw ever in my life.
1: Think about him as Mr. Rogers. I think it fits. Who else would you get? Don Knotts? He's dead. What? Who would be a a good Mr. Rogers? Nobody. They shouldn't make this
0: movie. Just just let him be
1: dead. You want to know what the best option would have been? What they should have spent millions of dollars painstakingly recreating Mr. I wonder if Rogers. There's enough footage. CG, yeah, from pulling, and pulling his voice from the from the footage, then you would have won some awards and people would have got like flocked to the movie just to see how the hell they pulled it off.
0: Certainly would have gotten a lot of attention. You know, you know who I would like to play, Mr. Rogers? Paul Rubens. Paul Rubens. Peewee from Peewee's playhouse and other things. Paul Rubens has been in other things. That is a, that is an interesting one. because I, Pee-wee, I is I essentially, have said Peewee is essentially the insane version of Mr. Rogers. He is, he is. I, wow.
1: I like that. I like where you're going with that. Uh, it would, I would, you know what? If, if, if Paul Rubens was playing Mister Rogers, I think that this movie would would pull a lot more. As of right now, I still think it's going to pull a lot. I think it's going to do pretty well because this movie has been talked about for a really long time. They're super into the marketing aspect of it. Um, everybody knows Mister Rogers. He's a he's a household name, uh, and it's Tom Hanks. It's Tom Hanks. So I think it's going to do super well. It's I already
0: don't. got a ninety six on Rotten Tomatoes. I strongly disagree. Okay. And here's why. I disagree. And I will. And I have, and I'm going to. But
1: let's hear it. Let's hear it. Why Tom Hanks's
0: think- last couple of movies like this have done okay. Saving Mr. Banks. He wasn't the star of it, but certainly he wasn't doing a similar thing. 83 million. Um, remember The Circle? No, no one does. It made 20 million. Uh, the Post did 81. The other thing, and I'm kind of torn, because I think it goes both ways, because in a second we're going to talk about the other big movie coming out that same weekend. On one hand, it's good to be the other movie the weekend the big movie is coming out, because then you get kind of people who refuse to see the big movie. But at the other hand, I don't understand who this movie is targeted for. It's not targeted to kids, really. But anyone who's nostalgic for Mr. Rogers is going to be too old to is not going to want to see this movie. So like, I don't think there's an audience for it, to be honest with you. Like our generation, who spend more money at the movies than anyone else, is not nostalgic for Mister Rogers because we were too. Yup, it was already off the air by the time we were born.
1: Yeah, but we we still know who Mister Rogers is. But enough uh, to pay to see a not, movie? No, it's not. It's not targeted for our. Generation is our demographic. Is not the the demographic that's showing right. up. and so my concern day. is the
0: demographic that does care about Mister Rogers just historically doesn't spend a lot of movies, a lot of money at the movies.
1: Yeah. So is this is this another Oscar bait type movie? Where oh, just a million
0: over? trillion percent. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. No, no. This is a, this is a small film, uh, and I think it'll do sixty to seventy. It's not. I don't think it'll crack a hundred. I mean Sully did 125 and that was a pretty big movie for him.
1: Cost effective.
0: I mean even I mean, Cap- Captain Phillips o- only did 107 and that was a pretty big movie for him.
1: Think about yeah, think about how I mean it's it's literally just Tom Hanks sitting in a room with a red sweater. So think about how much money they they you know didn't spend at this movie. And, so. and,
0: and frankly, I think a little bit of the winds out of its sails. As you mentioned, I feel like we've been talking about it so long. Nobody is actually excited now that it's here. Uh, but Matt, we've got to talk about its competition coming out that same weekend. Potentially the biggest movie, one of the biggest movies of the draft this year, Frozen 2. The main cast is back. They're ready to let it go. Um, the original Frozen film brought in $400 million at the box office. The interesting thing about the first Frozen movie, Matt, is it only had... A um, a small opening. It only had about sixty-seven million opening weekend, which is pretty small for a movie like this. But it also had one of the longest tails on a movie we've ever seen, uh, making movie in its seventh, eighth week in theaters. It was sort of a slow building. The question is, um, this movie came out six years ago, if you can believe it. Is the magic still there for Frozen? For Frozen Two, where will we see it land? First one, four hundred million. The question is, what does this one do? We know it'll do well, but how well?
1: Hmm. Oh, I, I was I was going down the rabbit hole of Mister Rogers memes. There's oh. so many of them, but that's that's definitely for for after the podcast. Um, you know, it's gonna. It this is gonna be a this is gonna make money. This is going to make money no matter what. Oh, no, what.
0: it's going to be gangbusters. Uh, Does it top 400? Does it do better than the original?
1: No, it's, it doesn't do better than the original. Um, at least that's what the history w- will have told us. You know what? It's going to do better than the original. Mm. I think it's going to do much better than the original. It The, uh, the history doesn't matter anymore. That's what... Um, uh, Everything from 2016 onward has told us, (laughs) uh, Frozen 2 is going to do much better than its original because now everybody has – it has the name recognition. It's a giant movie. Uh, Every parent is going to take their daughters, their sons to go see this movie. Everybody wants to see Frozen 2. Uh, It's going to be cataclysmic, the amount of money that this is going to make.
0: Yes. I don't know if it's, it's going to have do...
1: songs. It's going to have uh, every kid on the block is going to want to be the first ones to see Frozen 2.
0: I don't know if it's going to do massively better than the first. I do think it will do better than the first, mainly because Frozen has only gotten more popular since the movie came out. Um, but Frozen is the highest grossing movie from Walt Disney Animation Studios, which is sort of their new CGI venture that started in 2007. Um, so, how much higher can it go? I don't know. Moana only did 248, Zootopia 341, and that was a pretty big hit. So, uh, does it top 500? I don't think so, but I think you're in that range. What it comes down to is a question of what do you bid for it? Um, over the summer, the most expensive movie that was purchased was Avengers Endgame at $67. The second um, was Toy Story 4 at $47, which did about $432, which would mean you'd purchase this in the $50 range based on what we did in the previous summer.
1: Yeah, I i think it's going to I think it's going to be a, a crackerjack movie. It's going to be just oodles of cash up for grabs. So
0: I think if you can, I think this movie is a is a great value at 50 bucks. I think it's a good enough value at 60 bucks. I don't know how much higher I would go because it's not doing Avengers money, but If you can get this movie for 50 bucks and you spend your other 50 pretty well, you got a great shot at winning this thing. I will say because this winter, there's only a two or three really big movies and the rest are just kind of okay movies. So you really got to own one of the big ones this summer, this winter. Hmm.
1: Um, It's this is one to definitely one to star as favorite. I would.
0: Oh, it's going so, to be—it's one of the two biggest movies this winter, and we'll get to the other here in a second. Uh, next up, *Knives Out*. Um, it's one of those—hey, let's see how many celebrities we can get in a single movie type movies. Uh, written and directed by Ryan Johnson, who you know from *Star Wars*, uh, *The Last Jedi*, and *Looper* among others. Um, Daniel Craig, Chris Evans, Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon, Tony Collette, uh, Don Johnson, Christopher Plummer. Um, it's one of those sort of a bunch of stars caper type film.
1: Mm.
0: It's sort of like Clue. It's like Clue to the movie.
1: Yeah, this is one that I I would really be interested in seeing. I don't think it's gonna do. I don't think it's gonna do a whole lot. Absolutely not. Really, really, just kind of. I I would. I'm I'm really gonna. Yeah, of all the movies on this list, I think I might be most interested for Knives Out.
0: I agree. You may be the only person who sees it though. That's a total yeah. skip for me. Yeah. Not, not even think, worth it. I don't I even think at like seven it. bucks it's worth it. This is yeah. gonna make no money. Um next up, Matt, I know you're this is the one you're most excited for. Playmobile the movie.
1: All right. Um it is here. Playmobile.
0: Nothing else to say about it than that.
1: Based no, on the line of toys. This is their attempt to make uh the Lego movie again. But Playmobil is not Lego. No. Not even close. So I think this is a, this is going to be a, a wash.
0: I'm going to make a prediction right here, Matt. You can take this to the bank. Playmobil the movie will be the lowest grossing movie in the Winter League. Wow. That is my prediction.
1: That is a bold prediction.
0: I If it gets deliver- released at all, it wouldn't surprise me if this actually got pushed in one of our rare needing a replacement situations.
1: I I think uh, I think it's gonna be Jexy. I think Jexy, looking by, okay. by this list, I think that's gonna be the. Yeah, maybe. Maybe spies in disguise. Well, we'll get no, there. No, spies
0: in disguise. I have a lot to say about that. Um, we'll, let's yeah. continue on. <laughs> Um, later into December as we start talking about Black Christmas, um, brought to you by uh, Jason Blum and the fine folks at Blumhouse Productions. Um, It's a horror movie uh, around the holidays uh, with an unknown stalker serial killer type deal. Um, It's a remake of the 1974 film of the same name.
1: Yeah, um, this... This is like a like a recent trend I think making the the horror Christmas movie mm yes uh, it's it is, it's a uh, it's definitely a new like a a recent thing I don't know how I feel about it though but I guess it's fine I, I just like the, I never really associate the holidays with horror maybe there is there just like a large there must just be a large horror movie audience that just craves horror all year round. I'm not like that. Mm. I'm very seasonal when it comes to horror. And right now, now is the, is the horror season for me. And it, it ends October 30 for, it ends up first. And then I don't really have any desire to, to come back to it again until next year. Agreed. Christmas is not a time I associate with horror. It's a time I associate with like, snowfall and fresh baked cookies and seeing family and friends i don't really want to be terrified over the holidays
0: uh yeah this is going to be an interesting one i could see it cutting both ways it's it's got an all-woman cast uh directed by a woman so it certainly has an angle uh the issue is there are three huge movies coming out the following weekend so whatever it makes in its opening is all it's going to make uh, so they better hope to really break out then. Coming out that same weekend, uh, Jumanji in the next level, uh, the sequel to the live action Jumanji film um, from 2017. Uh, Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle, the first one made $404 million at the box office, quite a release. The main cast is all returning for this one. Uh, Matt, do you think the uh, sequel can live up to the original?
1: Uh, you know, the original did pretty well. The original got a lot of. It was very critically a huge successful. breakout. We were
0: all very surprised.
1: It was a it was a sleeper pick, um, the first go around. It, now my question is 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 every and I think this is the make or break for for this film. Is the entire cast returning?
0: Yes, and adding more members. But yes, the core four are back. I think it'll do well.
1: I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to outsell the original, but I do think it's going to do it's going to do pretty well. Um, I,
0: I mean the original did four oh four. I could see this doing over 200, 250. I mean it's gonna be a solid hit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I I, I just don't think it's gonna I don't think it'll surpass the original no. and that's fine. No, no but no, I no. do think it's a good it's a good pickup. It's it would be a good pickup. And now is the kind of the time in the draft where maybe you're thinking of buying your first movie if you saved until this point. This would be a good one, I think, to add.
0: Yes. Yeah, I think this will complement one of the real big movies very nicely. Mm. Um, Then we get on to Christmas. Uh, The Friday is the 20th. Then Wednesday, the 25th. We've got Bombshell, which stars uh, Charlize Theron. Um, This is... the a film based upon the female Fox News anchors uh, and their allegations against founder Roger Ailes. Charlize Theron is Megan Kelly. Nicole Kidman is Gretchen Carlson. John Lithgow is Roger Ailes. A story literally ripped from the headlines um, will be coming out um, on that same weekend. I'm going to do all three of these and we can break them down. That also coming out that weekend. Cats, uh, a live action version of the musical from Broadway, um, starring a number of people including Taylor Swift, Jennifer Hudson. Uh, etc. Also that weekend, of course, Star Wars Rise of the Skywalker, the ninth film in the Star Wars franchise, I guess. I don't they've gone and messed with all the names of stuff, so I don't know what to tell you. Um, Star Wars The Last Jedi did six hundred and twenty million. But if you want to compare it, uh, Solo only did two thirteen. So quite a range there for it to fall into. Matt, how do you feel about these three movies? Uh, I think bombshell will be obliterated and nobody yeah, will notice it. I, I disagree. It's, I not, think a, it's that, not a Christmas movie. Who's going to go see this at Christmas?
1: Yeah. You know what? The, yeah. The release, the release time is, is a it's little buried. bizarre,
0: but it's buried. You know,
1: you know who I think will go see it. And, and this doesn't really, um, this doesn't really preclude anything, but, uh, I think it, it it's going to be like a lot of, par- a lot of like kids that are home from college. You'll see it with their parents type movie. I see that.
0: Mm. I see that's kind
1: of like the the um the the mainstay audience. I I think it's 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 a, it's a good. It would do much better if it wasn't on the week the Christmas weekend. That's that was probably its probably its downfall. I think
0: it was it's purposefully also, buried at that you, time. You also have it competed with. Um, you don't put it in the same weekend Star as Star Wars. Wars. Yeah. <laughs> you
1: don't. I'm sorry. No. Not if you want to make money. No. But I and don't know. I don't know if that's really the goal here. Or if the goal is just to
0: Just to release it and dump it and move on. Yeah. Yeah. Um
1: We have cats.
0: Cats, okay. Matt, here's what I'm gonna say about cats. Cats is the surprise breakout of the winter. Cats is gonna make a trillion zillion dollars, is my prediction wow. on cats. It got so much buzz. Off of that initial trailer, right? You're adding a musical that was hugely popular and most people are aware of. It stars actual popular people people like. It's got that weird CGI thing like Avatar had where you're like, I kind of feel like I have to see this in theaters. And it's got a virality to it. I think this movie is going to be very big. Hmm. And I think I think this will be a steal in the draft because it's going, it's happening right before Star Wars, and everyone's going to be holding on to their money. And I think if you can get this movie for under twenty bucks, I think it's a steal.
1: Okay, I I think I might, I might. Are you going to disagree? I might disagree. Okay, um, I don't think a whole lot of people are going to see it because the trailer looks super weird. This looks like an odd movie with anthropomorphic cats. And well, first of
0: all, furries spend a ton of money at the box office. That's a fact.
1: <laughs> That's that
0: was who I was thinking of as
1: like the uh, definitely the target here. But I, I didn't know how how large their oh, population, sure. oh, how massive. large their ranks had grown. So, <laughs> oh man, I, I, maybe there's some nostalgia for the cat, the musical, of the cats, uh, cats musical. But I don't know. I
0: think it's going to be so bonkers. Ah, There's
1: so many famous people in this movie. That's
0: what I'm saying. And it's going to be. It's going to be so bonkers. And it's going to. Taylor
1: Swift is in this movie.
0: Everyone is going to go see it and then tell their friends how crazy it was. And be like, dude, you have to see this movie. I'm telling you, word of mouth is going to blow this thing up.
1: There's so many. There's just so many. Yep. The soundtrack is going to come out and they're
0: going to sell a ton of those.
1: James Corbin, Jennifer Hudson. I mean Idris Elba. Cats was Ian huge McKellen, at the time. Judi Dench, huge. Rhett Wilson, Jason Derulo.
0: Jason Derulo. <laughs> uh, and they're going to clean up a lot of the CGI stuff that looked crappy in the trailer. So it's going to look better. So anyway, that's that's my take on Cats. Don't sleep on it.
1: Yeah, and it's 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 I think it's coming out at a good time. Because the people that are going to see Cats are definitely not – you won't really have a whole lot of crossover with the Star Wars people.
0: Well, and here's what people forget about what I think is going to help it is that Star Wars is uh, everyone gets the midnight showing tickets. Star Wars movies don't have a long trail. So what happens the week after Star Wars comes out? That's when people are going to see Cats. This is going to have a big second and third week. I see this having several good weeks because people will – again, it's that word of mouth when the – uh, the Greatest Showman is kind of like a musical comparison, I'd say, which did like 150 plus at the box office and was pretty big. It was a word of mouth thing and people were seeing it in the sixth week in the theaters. Yeah. So anyway, I've ranted on long enough about cats, but that's my take on cats. Um, let's talk about Rise of Skywalker, Matt. Obviously, uh, this is a first. We've never done a Star Wars movie. I've traditionally um, kept them. We did solo, but I don't really count that. Um We've kept these off the draft because I've always said they make too much money and it's not fair. Um, But based on how sort of the Avengers and other things have done, plus how other Star Wars movies have done, we've included it this year. How do we think this one's going to do? As I mentioned, Last Jedi, 620, um, but Solo, 213. Oh, you know,
1: it's going to tank. Nobody's going to see it. This is going to be a financial disaster. I would stay the hell away from Star Wars. Okay. That's my take on it. Come on. It's star Wars. It's going (laughs) to, it's going to destroy the, 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 every preconceived box office number we've had. Hang on. However, however, I will say, I think this is where the fran. I think, I think that we saw a division with last Jedi that I think is only the cracks are there. And I think it's only going to get bigger and bigger. Um, Star Wars has become a lot more mainstream. Uh, and I think the Disney acquisition has pushed it in a completely different direction. So I think that it's still going to make a, a mint, of course, because it's Star Wars. But I don't think it's going to do as better. as I don't think it's going to do as well as, movie, as Star Wars movies of the past have. Um, it's obviously got a lot of hype generated around it um i think it's going to do better than i don't know i think it's going to do really well probably better than force awakens probably better than last jedi just because this is now the third in the trilogy and everybody's got to see it to to like um fulfill their star wars need but I think this is the point where the series is gonna start to decline. Uh, and we saw that with solo. Solo was a massive disaster. Uh, I think people are starting to get fatigue start so a little bit a little bit of Star Wars fatigue is setting in. Mm-hmm. I don't think it'll affect the numbers too much though, because I think people need to see the resolution for this trilogy. Um, but after this, I think I think the bottom's gonna drop out. My prediction.
0: I don't think this one is going to I think people are tired of Star Wars legitimately. I do think yeah, they are. I mean they they're opened, getting fatigued. Yeah. The Open is such at Disneyland and very few they had a, they had a problem cuz not enough people showed up. Um I I think The Last Jedi as you pointed out really did prove a stopping point in the franchise. As I mentioned, The Last Jedi did 620. I don't think it beats Last Jedi to be honest with you. I think it comes in just under that, 550. Close, doesn't beat it is my guess. Um what it comes down to is to me, there are three must own movies in the draft this winter Frozen 2, Star Wars, and one we haven't talked about yet, which we'll get to. Um, I still think you need to buy this movie. I still think this is a huge movie. It's one of the biggest. But a, a, the draft has proven before if you own the biggest grossing movie of the winter, doesn't mean you're going to win. Team got 850 million out of Avengers over the summer and didn't win. You know? Yeah. So. It's a great movie to own. I'd buy it for $50, $55. Bucks. I wouldn't go to the 60 70 range on this because I don't think it's going to get money to get there. And it would not surprise me if Frozen outgrossed it.
1: No, not at all. Not at all. I think, I think Frozen would be a much better pick. Much better. Leaps and bounds better than Star Wars. And, I mean, for the purposes of our draft.
0: Well, and what's uh, good is that the, these movies are well spaced out, right? So if you didn't get Frozen 2, you know what you're going for. You know, right. you'll have an opportunity to get a good shot at both.
1: Hmm. Yeah. If you if you budget the right way, you, you probably will. This isn't because it's happening on the on this and in, in this back end of the draft, the second half. uh it's not the movie. I think I would th- I would save up for. Mm, Interesting. It's not. I would. I would probably. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to let it go, but it's not one that I would – and it's one that I, wa- I would want to have a dog in the fight for. It's not one that I would – I'll put it this way. I'm not saving all of my money to spe- to go top dollar for Star Wars. Sure. It's just not – it's just not uh, – Sure. Not the no, way I want to run it, things It's going to do
0: great. It's going to make a lot of money, and, and it's not going to hurt you to have it on your team. It's just you can't spend $70 on it and then use the other 30 to – Build a winning team because you're not going to have enough money left. That's what it comes down to. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, coming out uh, Christmas as well, we have Little Women uh, based on the book that has been adapted into a million different things. In this case, we have a fresh new take on the film starring uh, Cerise Ronan, Emma Watson, Timothy Chalamet, Laura Dern, Meryl Streep, um, directed by written and directed by Greta Gerwig who you may know from um her successful film um Lady Bird uh that was her first directing debut uh which mm-hmm. she won the Golden Globe for yeah this one's fine uh, uh, Matt I think that's exactly the way to describe it it's fine fine
1: yeah it is uh this is this this is one that I I'm kind of counting on maybe not like right it's coming right after Star Wars in the draft, mm-hmm. so I'm counting on maybe people will be, will have sticker shock after the the after effects of, of bidding on Star Wars and maybe they'll let this one slide by, and and maybe I'll pick it up for you know maybe that maybe I'll get a, an undersell on it and uh, flip it for, um. For for a little bit of an edge, but maybe, maybe that's what spies in disguise. will do.
0: Maybe let's talk about spies in disguise. Matt, do you know anything about this movie? You know, I really don't. Okay, great. Don't look it up. I really? We're don't. Gonna play, okay. There's actually like a viral challenge of this movie because the movie has a twist. That doesn't make any fucking sense. So, <laughs> uh, it stars Will Smith and Tom Holland. Will Smith plays a super spy, a famous super spy, Lance Sterling. Um, who works with a young scientist, Walter Beckett, uh, who is voiced by Tom Holland, um, to accomplish missions all around the world. Um, However, there's a twist that happens to Will Smith's character in the movie. The whole first part of the trailer sets him up as the coolest spy on the planet until what happens?
1: This is the viral moment. You're
0: supposed to guess what the twist is.
1: He has to go in disguise.
0: Okay, the title did tell you something. (laughs) that's
1: true he's not really a spy he's just disguised as one
0: no you can't guess it that's what's crazy about this
1: he dies no he is actually the bad guy nope he was dead the whole time
0: no that's the sixth sense he is his father no he um it was all a dream. Okay. Okay. Here we go. I'll hint you here because you're nowhere okay. near this. He's working <laughs> with a young scientist. Ooh, crazy science.
1: The scientist sends him back in time.
0: No, but okay.
1: Scientist sends him into the future. No, no time travel. The scientist clones him, mm-hmm. and it's this movie is actually, uh, it was it's actually the Gemini movie but the animated, animated version
0: it. no it's oh, not okay. he's in disguise though that'd be kind of he, cool he's a spy um, in disguise the scientist and he they're the same person okay no i'm just going to tell you cuz this is going to take forever will smith super spy gets turned into a pigeon
1: <laughs>
0: you i'm going to send you the link you have got to watch the trailer it's bonkers Like like they set up this whole thing to be like, oh, this super cool Will Smith spy, and then he gets turned into a pigeon, and that's the plot of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Are you okay? Oh
1: I have to see this movie. Honestly, it's I have to see this movie.
0: It's crazy. And so he spends
1: the the second half of the movie being a pigeon.
0: Um, and saving the world as a pigeon.
1: This is, this is, you know what? I would rather see this than Star Wars. <laughs> I would seriously rather see this than Star Wars.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Yep. So uh, you got Will Smith, you got Tom Holland, uh, animated kids movie around Christmas. I think you could have a pretty serious hit on your hands here. It's oh, not man. crazy. It's not crazy. It's it's pretty family friendly. It's funny. You know, Will Smith is just a star. I think this could be a nice pickup for somebody. You got to have that kids movie, and we don't have a lot of good kids movies this winter. In fact, almost none.
1: Yeah, it is pretty light on the uh, on the kids movies. I mean, really, after Frozen two, what do you have? Playmobil the movie.
0: Yeah, uh, later on we'll have Sonic the Hedgehog, arguably a kids movie, um, and then onward would be the last one. So, this really
1: is this, this is the year of the furry, isn't it?
0: <laughs> it Sonic is the
1: hedgehog and cats and will smith the as pigeon a, as a pigeon
0: yeah so i uh, don't sleep on spies in disguise okay i think you might have something there um right. let's keep chugging along here I'm, I'm
1: really glad you told me that that
0: i am that, like matt it, if it, i sent you I, the trailer you promised me you're gonna watch it
1: I'll totally watch okay. it. Okay, and it reveals the twi- this twist is revealed in the trailer. No, See, that was their mistake. I wouldn't have gone there.
0: The viral challenge is the viral challenge is you send the link to your friend and you tell him to stop at a certain time code because that is the moment they reveal it. And it's happen. literally like two minutes into this trailer. So you spend the first two minutes with Will Smith, super cool action spy, and then all of a sudden and you're like, okay, what happens next? And the and the thing is to get them to guess, and then you videotape the reaction when you keep playing the trailer, and then he's suddenly a pigeon. It's crazy.
1: <laughs> oh, it's awesome. Absolutely
0: insane. Uh, next up, Bad Boys for Life. If you can believe it, it is our third Will Smith movie of the winter um, and it is the third <laughs> film in the Bad Boys franchise. And now you're saying, Sean, wasn't it like forever ago they made those? Yeah, you're right. 95 and 2003, uh, Bad Boys 2 made $138 million, About two oh seven when you just for inflation. Uh, both, Will Smith and And Martin Lawrence are back. Um, It's produced by Jerry Bruckheimer, who did the originals. Um, Michael Bay, unfortunately, did not return to direct. Um, Yeah. There you go. Vanessa Hudgens is in it as well. I mean, certainly a heavy action movie for your mid-January.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: Did you ever see... um did you ever see the original
1: or no. I guess
0: the, the, the source material? No, the original bad boys. I have not.
1: It was pretty good. I, I think I saw it. I just, I can't remember. I, get I mean, it's that a lot of like
0: stuff. action and explosions all, and gunfire. Yeah, like all the other action movies. It's a Michael that, Bay film.
1: That, around, around then. Yeah. Uh, This one, wasn't Will Smith in the original
0: bad boys? He was. Him and Martin Lawrence were in the first two and then they'll re- reprise their roles. So it's. How many movies is Will Smith in he, a three so far? And oh we still God. got a couple Does more he, to go through
1: here. He really needs. So it's, it's not only the year of the furry, it's the year of, of Will, Will Smith, Smith needing to and technically, rent money. He's in
0: four movies because four movies, because he's in the Gemini man twice. That's right. That's,
1: <laughs> and he's also in.
0: And if he, you look at 2019,
1: he was in Aladdin. That's right. He's really like, is he going for some kind of Guinness record here? Do, do you think he like needs the money or something? You think he's like in trouble? Well, he's a Scientologist, isn't he?
0: Yeah, that's true. Does that money goes to do with the church. Those
1: things are, I heard this expensive. And I then what's what's crazy
0: expensive. is before he's Aladdin, gotta get up to level fifty. Before Aladdin, his last movie was Collateral Beauty in twenty sixteen.
1: Right. And he also made Welcome to Earth. That was, I guess, that was a while back, right? are
0: you thinking of After Earth? After Earth. Yes, yeah, yeah. so yeah. that was back in Welcome 2013. to Earth is
1: a line, he says, in it?
0: Yes. Everything on this planet has evolved to kill you. God, that movie's awful. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what Bad Boys for Life is going to do. I mean, it's a, it's an aggressive action movie at a time when there isn't a ton of that um, in in mid-January. But also mid-January is kind of a dumping ground for movies they don't think are going to do great. So, I mean, at this point in the movie draft, if you've still got money, you might as well buy it. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is this is the perfect movie for someone who's already spent seventy or eighty bucks and is just looking to pick up something to fill out their slate because there's still a couple big movies coming up. Um, one of those might be the Voyage of Doctor Doolittle, uh, based on the book of the same name. Um, it, it is starring Robert Downey Jr. as the title character, along with Antonio Banderas, Michael Sheen, a bunch of other people. Um, he stars as Doctor John Doolittle, who can uh, who can. Speak to animals, the same source material as the Eddie Murphy, Dr. Dolittle films, although this one will be more serious. Not like super serious, but
1: yeah, sort of. It, a, he's the guy that can talk to animals. Right. Yeah, yes. I remember that. Yes. Uh, I'd probably take a pass at this one. This is. a—I uh, would probably pass up this one, that is to say, I, I don't really I don't really think it's going to. Going to crack any codes.
0: Uh, I, it, it, it. The question is who it does a target, right? If it's targeting kids, maybe, maybe just
1: because there's there's it's so shallow, like there's there's such a shallow pool for kid movies. Well, that's
0: part of it. I mean, Spies in Disguise will be a month out at that point, um, and there isn't anything for a couple more weeks. So there's that And people are always looking for kids movies in January. It's winter, that sort of thing. But Just based on what I've read about it, I'm not sure if it's like the Eddie Murphy, Dr. Doodle is funny. Like they cover that thing in jokes. It's meant to be for kids, for kids, for kids. I don't know if this one is. My concern is they skew a little more uh, Sherlock Holmes, Robert Downey Jr., where, yeah, there's some humor, but it's also got some weird, serious moments that aren't for kids. There have been no trailers or anything on this one. So it's all about the tone. If this is for kids, it's an interesting pickup. Otherwise, I agree with you. I don't think it's going to be much.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay, I was I was actually researching The Gentleman a little bit because I was getting that movie confused with The King's Man, not to be confused also with The Invisible Man, which is right after that. Yes, which is so coming out as The well. Gentleman.
0: Yes, The Gentleman, our next uh, film, coming out here in January. Um, it is... Uh, starring Matthew McConaughey. Um, actually, again, it's another one of those. Have a. Bu- it's a Guy Ritchie film, so that should tell you something. Um, it's an action thriller uh, following American expat Mikey Peterson, played by McConaughey, who has created a highly profitable marijuana empire in London. When the world word gets out that he's looking to cash out of his business, it triggers plot schemes, bribery and blackmail attempt to steal his domain from out under him. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't
1: know. Uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, this is another one I would probably pass on. I don't know. There's a lot of movies in this draft that are just not worth it. Just not worth the... Just not worth the buy. I just, so I don't someone will the- get
0: this with their last five bucks. I mean, that's... That's yeah, how this th- at this point in
1: the draft, I think people will be strapped for, for money, and and this is the point where where the the bulk, the people that are trying to pick up like they go for quantity over quality, mm-hmm. they're going to try to pick something up here. Um, but I would for I would actually I think I if, if I were going for any of the movies, uh, that remain, I'd probably save up for. Like I remember Matt, Matt one the, of the one of these the is King's. my must own movie, so. It is It is your must. Yeah, I know you, Sonic the Hedgehog is your definitely your must-own movie. So
0: No. Uh, maybe it's this next one. It's not. Uh, Birds of Prey. Um, <laughs> Harley Quinn is back. Margot Robbie is back as Harley Quinn. We all loved her in that great movie, Suicide Squad. She returns <laughs> with a whole new crew. Uh, actually, the trailer just came out. She kicks a lot of ass. Part of the DC Extended Universe. The original Suicide Squad did $325 million. Um, you know. I think this is an interesting own. I think this this would make a good partner with like a Star Wars or a Frozen if you could pick this up on top. Because this'll do 250. I mean it'll do solid numbers, I believe.
1: So in the scene the scene in the scene in Marvel um Avengers Endgame, right? Yeah. Which I have not this, seen. In the end of the the, okay, so in one of the later scenes in the movie, Uh all of the female Marvel characters like get together, like they're all fight every all of the Marvel heroes are fighting in this like in the you know the end the the battle the big huge battle against Thanos and his men and and his troops and whatever, and all of the female marvel heroes wonder woman T'Challa, uh uh captain marvel uh wait did i say wonder woman maybe no D- D- wonder woman is not marvel forget i said that uh captain marvel um different different ip uh Anyway, yes. all of them are. They all get together and they fight, and they, they they all like look at the camera and they're like, "We can handle this," and they just start kicking ass like left and right. This movie is is like a a, a DC exec saw that and was like, "Let's make a whole movie just with that," but we'll do the DC, but we'll do the villains spot much like the uh, suicide, suicide Squad, squad was sure. was the like antithesis of uh, of Marvel. That's what this yeah. movie is. That's who this movie is pandering well, to. I don't think it's going to really... I mean, nobody saw... Suicide Squad was, did horribly, so... Well, Suicide Squad made
0: $325 million. I mean, it was a crappy movie. People saw it. I think... Matt, you're right. I also think they saw how much money Wonder Woman made and said, oh, we should make a exactly. lady movie. And then they also saw that Harley Quinn was arguably one of the only interesting parts of Suicide Squad and said, maybe she should <laughs> yeah. get her own movie. So... I this movie is going to make money. I I don't think there's any doubt about it. Is it going to be critically loved? I doubt it. Um, Nothing in the D.C. Extended Universe really is. Um, But like I said, you can get a good 250 out of this. So don't you know, don't don't dismiss it just because it's going to suck. People will go see. it. Yeah, it's it's
1: really one of the hardest things about this movie draft is. Like there there are movies that I think are objectively shitty, but I feel like I have to own them. Because they're going to they're going to produce money, I guess, separating the movies that are going to do well versus the movies that are terrible and going to do but still going to do well. Yeah. And that's that seems to be the the kind of the kind of movie this is.
0: Matt, just remember Justice League, which by all accounts, everyone agrees is a genuinely bad movie made two hundred and twenty nine million dollars. So,
1: you know. This one also looks like it's going to do a little bit more on the origin story of Harley Quinn, which people will like. People will will like to yeah,
0: and seeing the lady team up like and having her be that. the focus of a movie, I think, is interesting. I think Margot Robbie is very good in the role. So, you know, I, I won't see it, but someone will. Um, next up here, we have uh, Sonic the Hedgehog based on the uh, video game of the same name. Uh, James Marsden, Jim Carrey. Uh, are in this. Everyone talked about the trailer. They're apparently redesigning the character. It'll be interesting to see. Theoretically, Matt, this movie could get pushed back if they run into issues with the CGI. So to keep in mind as you draft it. Um, the movie I'd probably most compare it to is maybe Detective Pikachu. Kind of that live action animated hybrid video game movie that made $1.44, uh at the theaters. So I wouldn't expect this to be a huge breakout. Maybe some money. I don't know. What What do you think about the attractiveness mm. of this one? Um, this,
1: this is your, this is your, this is your kids movie. Um, yeah, this is, this is like the first kids movie. Well, since spies in disguise really, but Uh, but is it a kid's movie?
0: Is it, do kids today know who Sonic is?
1: Oh, absolutely. Oh, they definitely know who Sonic is. They definitely know. Um, maybe not for the same reasons that their parents do, but they know Sonic. Yeah. They know. Mm. They know his. Um. They know the. Uh, I. I would say mostly probably from internet culture and memes and stuff like that. But they know Sonic. He had that. Re- they re released like the Master Collection or whatever, and it was popular. Okay. So I think they, I think they know Sonic as a. They know Sonic as a gaming person, but not really as a character. Mm. So this movie is going to be a little bit interesting. It would be like having a Mario movie. I don't think it would do really well. I don't think this is going to do really well either, but it it certainly is an interesting thing, especially since they made him all CG and it's weird looking. And like, it has a little bit of the detective Pikachu charm to it as well.
0: What worries me about this is, and we did one of these preview episodes for, um, before detective Pikachu came out. And I think both, both of us said we thought it was going to be a bigger success than it actually turned out to be. Um I think 144 was soft on Detective Pikachu frankly and that worries me about Sonic the Hedgehog because Pikachu is way more beloved than Sonic to kids today. Um Pokemon as a whole I think is more popular than Sonic. So if that could only do 144 I don't really see this movie doing better than that. It it's it's not going to lose you money but this is I just don't see this as a breakout.
1: Yeah. Uh if if people have money left over uh, I, I personally, I would be going for the next one. The oh
0: yeah. The next one. This is interesting. A third in the franchise, the Kingsman. Uh, it is the third in the Kingsman franchise. Um, the crew is back. Uh, now the Kingsman franchise, the original um, came out in 2015, made 128 million. The sequel in 2017 made 100 million. So not necessarily huge films, but certainly solid films. Um, a lot of the cast from the other movies is back. Um it's actually a prequel film.
1: Hmm. Uh it is. It's a prequel to to an interesting an interesting franchise. Oh sure. Again, um it's got it's got uh how did how did the original Kingsman do? Because it's got it's this one's got some star power too. Yeah, it, the original but...
0: Kingman did a 128 and the yeah. sequel did one hundred.
1: Okay. I think this one will it'll probably be a, a passable one if you if you got some cash left over, unless you want to save it for the Invisible Man.
0: Yes, the Invisible Man, Matt. Good segue. Um, the Invisible Man is here. Uh, I think this was an interesting one to include because it is uh, the reboot of essentially of the uh, dark universe. We all remember the beloved mummy movie with Tom Cruise that was going to span a whole franchise. It crashed and burned immediately. So they turned the reins of the franchise over to none other than Jason Blum and the Blumhouse Productions crew. This is their first in the Universal Monsters series they will be making. Um, In this film, uh, Oliver Jackson Cohen will be playing the Invisible Man and Elizabeth Moss uh, will be playing the other side of that uh, based on the HG Wells novel. It's going to be interesting. I, you know, Jason Blum obviously has been very successful. I think the invisible man is a known name and entity coming out in February. Like it is late February. I don't know what necessarily it's going to compete with. It could be interesting. It could be interesting, but they got to sell the hell out of it.
1: Yeah, they do. They do. They, um, they, uh, I don't know. I don't really know who who is this movie gonna attract. I like. I actually really like the idea of a uh, of a a connected universe. But yeah, they have to. They got to step up the marketing there. If if we're gonna get some, uh, if it's gonna pull some real weight, I yep. would say. Uh.
0: Um. Otherwise, they're gonna have a real bad trip. Well, Matt, the thing is, I literally moments ago learned that Bad Trip got pushed back a month. Okay. And is therefore out for the movie draft and well, will be replaced later. So you're actually right. you're only getting 29 movies tonight. So, whatever
1: will I spend my remaining um, $3 on?
0: Matt, I think you're going to spend your remaining $3 on my third must own movie of this draft mm. Onward. Are you familiar with Onward? A little bit. This is a Pixar joint, isn't it? It is. It's their Pixar entry um, for 2020. Uh, Chris Pratt and Tom Holland are doing the main voices. Uh, It's directed by Dan Scanlon, who directed Monsters University. Uh, It is an original IP for them. uh, Loosely described a world, sort of a fantasy world with modern technology And two elf brothers fall into a magical adventure, but it's got all kinds of creatures and stuff in it. Um, I like this movie a lot. I think the timing is good. I think the stars are good. I thought the trailer played really well. I think it's going to be an approachable, likable story. Um, I think Pixar hasn't had a really good original IP since Coco. And then before that, it was Inside Out. So uh, they haven't been doing a lot of original IP. I like this movie. I, you can't go wrong with Pixar. Um, no, you can't. I mean, the, can't. The Coco, I would say, was a soft performer at 209. And, and I think there's a good chance this beats it. For kids' movies, I really like Onward. I think that's a good pick. And I think if you've gone past Frozen 2 and Star Wars and still have a lot of money, hold out for that last movie and, and go for Onward, because I think you could do a lot worse.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. This is going to be a, in your back end, like post-Star Wars, this is the one must-own movie. Uh, I would not want to pass it up.
0: I'm excited I'm to see on it. I'm a lot of
1: people. Huh?
0: I'm excited to see it, and I'm not excited to see any movies
1: I'd, this year. I, yeah, I, I totally want to see it, too. Uh, it comes out March 6th. Um, this is... I think it look it genuinely looks like a like a good movie, and Pixar always
0: does really well. Um, and I think it's more approachable than Coco. That's what I like. I get why Coco only did two oh nine. It's got a very narrow subject matter um, that's not really applicable to everybody. And what I like about this story is, or even the good dinosaur sort of had this problem. I think the subject matter of this movie is very broad which is very smart cars is sort of like that where everyone gets what cars are. You know, I think everyone gets what fantasy is. And so to me, it's got a much broader reach. Yeah. It's, it's, it's got, it's definitely
1: got like the kind of story that's going to tug at your heartstrings. Um,
0: Yeah. There's action, there's comedy. Oh yeah, it's a good mix. So I, I think that's a great own. Um, a and what one. I and my probably my favorite thing about it, it's the last movie in the draft, which is very interesting. Usually our last couple mm. movies are trash. I think this Exa- may be the yeah. best movie we've ever had this late in the draft.
1: Yeah, this is gonna, it's going to present for an interesting variety of strategies. Because if two like, people what, go for
0: this and they get to the King's Man or the Invisible Man and both have like fifty bucks left. Who someone's nothing,
1: really screwed? There's right. There's nothing. There's nothing left after this. If you're if you're gonna roll the dice on this, then you better commit. Yep. Because if you don't, then you're gonna be in trouble.
0: I'm I'm very thrilled uh, you're about be, that. You
1: know, you're gonna be left. You're gonna be left left to dry, so to speak, left out to dry. So.
0: And that's our uh, and that's our <laughs> slate for the winter league map. By the way, would you like to know what the first movie of the summer league will be next year?
1: Um, the very, the very first movie of the summer league already.
0: Yeah. Wow. Coming out March 27th. I plan very far in advance.
1: Yeah. Okay. What, what is the movie?
0: Oh, I thought you were going to guess. Uh, it's the live action. Mulan is going to be our first. Oh, okay. Uh, And next year we have a lot of big movies coming out. Um, the James Bond, no time to die. will be coming out in April. Yep. Get excited. Yep. No uh, time to die. Trolls yeah. World Tour. Legally Blonde Three. They're doing a um an animated scooby doo film. Fast and Furious Nine. Uh Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, another Pixar movies coming out in June. The Top Gun sequel. The Minion sequel. Um Bob's Burger's the movie. Jungle Cruise the movie. Um a lot of really exciting stuff. So But we're a ways off from that, Matt. We first got to draft all of these winter movies. People, come back next week, episode 160. You're not going to want to miss it. All six of our teams are going to be here drafting these movies. It's the best episode we do all year. Anything can happen. It's a can't-miss episode of the show. You can get the show at upfordebate.tv. All the episodes are there, including the past ones. You can check those out. Uh, You can also subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, Spotify, we're everywhere. And the video version is on YouTube as well. If you want to see the pictures of me baking, I'll probably post them on my Instagram as well after the show at uh, Instagram uh, at Sean Jennings. And uh, you can contact us at Up for Debate TV on Twitter or email us up for debate TV at gmail.com. Uh, I think we've all had a very fun time here tonight, but we got to wrap this up. So on behalf of Matt, I am Sean. Thanks for being here. We appreciate it as always. And we'll see you next time for another episode of Up for Debate. What?